Hey, we are starting a new series today that is going to be a goodie. I believe that this series is going to challenge you for sure, for sure, for sure. It's going to challenge um, your knowledge. It's going to challenge uh, the, your ability to um, fear insecurities. It's going to challenge uh, really a knowledge of who you are and uh, what God's called you to do. And it's going to push you to do some things that you ain't currently doing for Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. This is a big one. Uh, and today's message is going to be longer than normal. I just got to tell you that right now. Uh, I, God kind of gave me a twofold. And if I'm honest, I got it Friday, which normally we write these things months in advance. But um, everything changed for me on Friday. So with that being said, let's get to it. Understanding spiritual gifts. It's a subject that most churches don't like. Um, and uh, we are a full gospel church. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And the uh, reason why a lot of churches stay away from these kinds of things is because um, it's messy, it's complicated, and um, it can get weird. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Mostly because um, weird people are involved sometimes. I think when, when things get weird, it's because weird people were involved. And really, God just anoints you and, um, and your interpretation comes out. So why sometimes sermons are so odd from my perspective uh, when you guys are like, I really like, you know, your rabbit trails and stuff. Well, that's because that's what I think. And so God's just anointing me. And so there's just humans involved. And uh, spiritual gifts can get weird when you allow people to do things that you lose control of. And so we're going to talk about order, and we're going to dive into this thing. So next week, we're going to talk about you figuring out your spiritual gift and how you dive into that, how you understand what God's called you to do and who you are. Uh, and then uh, uh, the following week, we're, so we're going to do 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13 and 14. We're going to talk about order, balance in the church. This is going to be a good one, man. And um, I promise, no matter where you are, this is going to touch on your calling and what God's calling you to do. The hard thing is God never calls you to something to do something that you're capable of. So when he's calling you to do something, it always feels like it's at the end of your rope. Like it requires a crazy amount of faith to stand on water. And you're going to need God to do things that God's calling you to do. Does that make sense? So um, there is a little bit of like, uh-oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why you need God. And so this is a, this is a good one, uh, but th this is twofold. So anyways, I'm going to jump into this. Most of what we're going to read today is going to be in, out of the gospel of John, uh, and mostly in, in John chapter 17, but we're going to start off in first Peter chapter four, verse seven through 11. And Peter would start off by saying this, uh, he he's changing the conversation and he says in verse seven, the end of the world is coming soon. N let me stop there. That's a lot. Um, and I feel like that topic is, 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 is just going around right now, right? So um, I don't know if the end of the world is happening, you know, if Biden or Trump gets elected or whatever. I mean, it just feels like, I don't know. But um, regardless, we should live like the end of your world yes. is coming. Yes. Because we should live intentionally when we love and have conversation. And the problem with our culture is we're doing many things casually. But when I stand before God, I want to make sure that I wasn't casual about the way that I lived my life, that I lived everything with intention and with purpose. The end of the world is coming. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. 
most important of all, most important of all, continue to show a deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift. So I, I like that. He starts off talking about the end of the world, and now he's moving into the gifts because it's important when you're talking about your life and things that matter that we talk about how you're spending it. God has a gift for each of you. God has given each of you a gift. Not some of you, each of you a gift. We're going to talk about that. From his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, I beg you, help me. Amen. I love that this passage um, basically says, if you, uh, you have each been given a gift, I want you to use that gift to serve each other. That's kind of the main thought of what are spiritual gifts? How do I use them? You use them to serve each other. If you're taking notes, this is, we're going to throw a lot of scripture at you today. And this is the kind of thing where I would beg you to not believe me. Yes. I think it's healthy for you to study the scriptures and not be told what to believe. Yeah. It's just critical. Anyways, it's good. Uh, this message, when I was thinking about like, hey, spiritual understanding, spiritual gifts, and I was in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and um, many other parts of the scripture, I really couldn't figure out how to start it. And um, the Lord said, well, I want you to rewind it back and make it like, where, where does it all start from? So this is a tough message for me, and my mind is going to bounce around a lot. Um, and so I'm hoping that I can make it clear as possible for you. Today we're talking about gifts. If you understand gifts. And so I want to tell you about the first gift that matters. The, the gift that matters most is not the gift that you have inside of you that this world needs. But we'll get there. The first gift that matters most is the gift that you understand that God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son. That whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You need to know that um, the father loves you. Now, the hard part about stuff like this is you've heard this so many times that God loves you that this has become like an afterthought, but not the driving thought. If we're moved by love, it changes everything. If you understand that you are loved, it changes the fact that you don't have to use your gift in order for God to love you. This isn't out of fear, but because I'm loved, I want to. Because I have this beautiful bride in my life, I want to take her out on a date. You know, because I am loved, I want to love. Do you understand? For God so loved the world that he gave. So the first thing I want you to understand today is that the Father gave you a gift. I showed you the receipt. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> this is how I is all the time. Um, for God so loved the world that he gave. 
And while I was doing that this morning at 3 a.m., I began crying because God reminded me of a passage of scripture that I've read probably 300 times. And, um, and it's not so much the thing that wows me that um, God loves me, which that, sh- I, that should be everything right there. So we're going to lean into that thought a little bit today. But what really took it even further for me was not so much that God gave his son as a gift to me, but that God gave me as a gift to Jesus. Yes. What? What? Yes. Remember, he, the scripture says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. You know what the joy was? It was the hope that when he comes down off that cross, he can hold me. I don't know if you recognize that you were his reward. I'm going to take you there in scripture. And this is John chapter 17. And Jesus, uh, most of the book of John is like Jesus' last week. And it's written by Jesus' closest disciple, his best friend, John. And John has just a perspective of Jesus that no one else has in all of the Bible of Jesus. And so in, these are Jesus' last couple moments, and he's praying to the Father. So this whole conversation that I'm reading to you, you're hearing my voice, but you should be hearing Jesus in prayer. So when he's talking to you, he's talking to the Father. Got it? Everyone with me? Yeah. We are Jesus' reward. John chapter 17, Jesus said it this way in verse 6. First part, he prays for himself. Now in verse 6, he's praying for us, his disciples. I have revealed you... Father, to the ones, you, that you gave me from this world. They were always yours, Father. But you gave them to me, and they kept your word. Now they know that everything that I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message that you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe, Lord, that you sent me. So my prayer is not for the world, but for those that you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me. Hear this. So they bring me glory bring me glory? David Laddie, you you bring Jesus glory. Can you imagine when we understand heaven and Jesus sits down on his throne and the Father says, you did it. You conquered, you were perfect. Let me show you your reward. And the people of God begin to march in. I think about it like, uh, I know this is really silly, but like uh, uh, a gymnastic, like little um, girl, like in the Olympics and stuff, you know, and they're gymnast, not gymnast. Yep. Thank you. And um, they're doing like the floor routine or something. And they do like the triple back flip, quadruple, wazuple thing with jigger. And then they hit the ground. They're like, yes, stuck it. And they always do the big breath. <laughs> it's like that part. And, uh, and then uh, they're waiting and uh, they're waiting for the score for the judge to show them how they did. Enter their reward was their score. Enter Jesus' reward is you. Uh, the scripture says, uh, 
and Songs of Solomon, you've ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. You've ravished my heart with one look from your eye. I don't know if you realize it, but God created everything perfect. But the only thing that moves him is you. We don't understand the power of your worship. He loves you. We're his reward. So God the Father loved me so much that he gave Jesus as a gift to me. But God the Father loved Jesus so much that he gave me as a gift to him. And that, I got nothing else to say today. You know, you can all go home. <laughs> we're not passing an offering, but this is the kind of place where if we did, we should. You know, no more. I'm just kidding. Okay, all right, I gotta keep going. <laughs> For Father, <laughs> I'm gonna have a <laughs> I'll drink to that. All right, here we go. Uh, so God the Father gave us Jesus. And, and uh, so here's what you need to know. So Jesus is talking about how he's praying. Uh, the last words he's praying like, so uh, Father, you gave them to me and they brought me glory. Like he's honored. He's about to go to the cross now. And he's, he's thankful that he knows that glory is coming because of what he's about to do. Everyone with me? So now before Jesus went, this whole week, he's been saying one message. And this message is important because the Father gave a gift and now Jesus is talking about a gift that he's going to give for you. And um, this gift is super important before we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because uh, Jesus is going to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to you. So God the Father gives you a gift, and that's Jesus. Jesus is giving you a gift, and that's the Holy Spirit. And why this gift is so important for me to talk about before we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit is because you have to understand how important this is. The gifts of the sport of the spirit don't mean anything if he isn't everything. Now, what we need to understand is as a culture, the Holy Spirit gets the least amount of attention amongst all of the triune God, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He gets a bad rap, especially amongst modern day YouTubers. Um, it is, uh, he's like, people have really abused the Holy Spirit, and oftentimes he's been presented as awkward or weird or whatever. But nothing happens without the Holy Spirit. Um, this is in him we live and we move and we have our being, Amen. is what Acts would say. We're born again, not by anything, but by the Spirit. Uh, so when we're born, we're born again. The, the scripture would say that you are now the temple of God and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. And what's really crazy to think about is in the Old Testament, like in the book Genesis, chapter one, verse like one, and the scripture says that the, in the beginning there was the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hovered over the face of the earth before we even knew of Jesus. We knew of the Father. We knew of the Holy Spirit. Somehow he is the most complicated and the most misunderstood and the most non-sought after of the triune God. But I'm going to show you how important the Holy Spirit is, not because of my words, but Jesus would say, it's one that's coming after me. Remember when John the Baptist said, the guy that's coming after me is a big deal? Jesus is now saying, hey, there's someone coming after me. And he's a person. He's not a spirit. He is a person. He has a personality. He has feelings. We can grieve him. We can vex him. We can, we can offend him. Okay, here, here we go. These are the words of Jesus in John chapter 14. This is just like 
Three chapters before what I'm just reading you, Jesus says, you are my glory. Are you still with me? You got to catch this. Jesus is giving us a gift. And before we understand what we can do in this world to do great things for God, we have to understand the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it this way. He said it right here. (laughs) If you love me, obey my commandments. And if you obey my commandments, how many of you are trying to obey Jesus' commands? Anyone else? Let's do it again. How many is trying to obey Jesus' commandments? Right? I think that's why you came to church today, right? You're interested in knowing a little bit about God. Here we go. So if you, if you obey my commands, then I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Remember when David said, even if I make my bed in hell, God, you're with me. He will never leave you. For he is the Holy Spirit whom the whole, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you will know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Yeah. You have to understand that out of, out of your liver, Out of your belly will flow rivers of life. Like the idea is that God, the, 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 the book of Acts says that those that are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. And so there's this pulling, there's this follow me, there's this tug from deep within. I had my old pastor who just passed away this last year. He used to say all the time that when the spirit of Jesus speaks to us, he doesn't speak here. And that's why it's so hard to understand. He speaks here. There's a knowing when the Holy Spirit, and the problem is when you want to understand it, you're not going to. You just have to, deep in your knower, you got to follow God. And I, don't, I think it makes sense that my knower is down here. Because I just got to, I just, I just, I don't know. My stomach's turning. I got to do this. Cool. Here we go. I got to keep going. Okay. A lot to go over. But you will know him because he lives with you. And remember when Jesus said that my sheep know me and they know my voice. The Holy Spirit is super important. I'm going to keep going. I am telling you these things. This is John 25, 14, 25. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representation, representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. He's going to teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've already told you. That's when the word of God gets stirred up. I love that song we were singing about one word. Like when life is going on, man, you got to stand on God's word. The Holy Spirit's going to activate that truth inside of you. Here we go. Uh, I, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Listen, you should never be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You should never be afraid of the Holy Spirit's movement. If that's happening, people may be abusing the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that. We're going to dive all in. We're going to get dirty with this thing. I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today, all of them. But there's also order. And we need to make sure that we understand that what happens, there should be order when the Holy Spirit moves. That's the way he designed it. Here we go. Okay. So Jesus said it this way then in John chapter 16, verse 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Let me stop there. Jesus' dilemma was that he was one dude trying to minister to 12. And he's realizing that if I leave and I send the spirit of Christ to you, 
Now I can not just be with 12, but I can be with 7 billion at the same time. So everyone gets the Spirit. Some will receive Him. Uh, But then, if I do not go away, then I will send Him to you. And when He comes, He will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. And this is where we find salvation. Paul would later teach that you cannot be born again unless you're born again by Jesus. And no one can receive Jesus but by the Spirit of God. Like, when you recognize that Jesus is Lord, that's when you realize, I've done wrong. We're not following God unless we realize that, that origin principle. I'm, I'm an idiot. That's where it starts. Cool. But there is so much more that I want to tell you, Jesus said, verse 12. But you can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, well, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own. Rachel, would you come? But will tell you what he has heard. And he will tell you about the future. And he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. We can't live without the Holy Spirit. We need him, we need him, we need him. And if we want to do great things on this side of eternity, we have to be willing to follow the Holy Spirit. And the problem is, the Holy Spirit's going to put you in some uncomfortable positions. Jesus said that um, I'm sending you out sheep amongst wolves. That's uncomfortable, okay? Uh, Sheep don't even have self-defense, like, this is bad, and I'm sending you amongst wolves. And so so he's he's putting you in situations that he's uncomfortable, but you're going to be fine, he's saying, because I'm giving you peace. You can trust that I'm going to be with you in the midst of chaos. We have a whole other service that we're going to do right now, and um, before we move forward, Before we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I have to ask you if you've ever received the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, um, the Apostle Paul said that the Holy Spirit is our seal of our guarantee of our redemption, that he is the seal of our inheritance. What does that mean? It means that somebody died for you to receive a gift. The Holy Spirit, when you know the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, you know his voice, you know his leadership, you know his goodness, you know when he's rebuking you, you know when he's encouraging you, you know when he's loving you. That is saying, I know that when I die, I'm going to be in heaven. He's the seal of our adoption. He's the seal of our inheritance. This is what confirms to you that you're a child of God. Let me ask you, As simple as I can, I promise with every fiber of my being, I'm not going to make this weird. Have you received the Holy Spirit? I can't go any further to talk about the things that God wants to do in and through you. I do know that you were made with a purpose and for a purpose. But it starts with, have you received the Holy Spirit? In the book of Acts, the Apostle Paul said that he went around preaching and there was many people that received Jesus as Lord but didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. It's tragic. It's tragic that many people are living for God and don't know the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Would you all bow your heads for me and close your eyes? If you're here and you say, I don't know, you're making me feel like I don't know. I would guess that the Holy Spirit is really just saying, 
um, know right now. If you don't know and you want prayer, I just want to pray for you just really quickly. We're going to move on. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, will you raise your hand right now? God bless you. Is there anyone else that says, I don't know the Holy Spirit? Everyone here has the seal of your inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. God bless you, David. Anyone else? I'm asking you to sing a song that just celebrates the Holy Spirit in your life. Just celebrate the gift that you've been given. You know how like on Christmas when you got something that just wowed you? You imagine that God gave you a gift that's going to be more faithful to you than me or anyone you've ever met. Celebrate his presence in your life for just a second. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now unfolding All your children will behold Dreams awaken in this moment Spirit come, Spirit come, pour it out, let your love run over, here and now, let your glory fill this house, pour it out, let your love run
that a spirit of holiness, a spirit of love, the, spirit, the, the love of Jesus, the, the love of purity, the, that wisdom, that leadership, that godly leadership, it can fall on us. Purity, fall on us. What I know is I want you, Lord, I know that I can't do anything for you without you. Open Just sit for a second. My peace, he said, I give to you. to move on and I'm, I'm feeling something right now that I got to make sure I'm feeling there's some people that are like man this is already getting weird this is this is biblical first of all there's so many things that God did that he's not doing right now how about like miracles that were happening every day all we're doing is waiting on the Lord we're loving him right now yes. it's the same spirit that moved then that's going to move now and he's just good there's no one that's going to do anything weird here right now. Maybe. <laughs> I just think some of us haven't talked about him, and you don't understand that he's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, this guy's got to come. And there's a lot of us that are living for God and don't understand who God is. Jesus said, I've got to go so this guy will come. All right. 
Um, we're going to move on. You can have a seat, and then we'll, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to try to move as fast as I can with the remaining part of the service. But I felt like we had to get to the point where we shared the truth of the origin of spiritual gifts is that God the Father gave his son for you. And Jesus died to give you his spirit. Does that make sense? And now out of that, I want to start the conversation of how do I make a difference for God? What does God put inside of me that he wants to use to reach a dying world? And how do I do it? Does that make sense? I know this is a longer service, and we'll get through it. I promise. I have a gift for all of you that we're going to pass out right now. Um, and so we're giving out gifts right now, and uh, there is a gift inside this box. I'm going to ask you not to open it yet. We'll open it at the end of service. Here is a gift for you. This gift is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, okay? What you need to know is that Jesus said that I... Um, that. He has given each of you a spiritual gift. You each have a gift. Figuring out what that gift is may take a lifetime. I'm 38 years old. I've been a born-again Christian for 20 years. And I still don't know a lot of the gifts that's inside of me. And I've preached literally all around the country. I've preached in many other countries. I've seen God do crazy things through my life. And a lot of people, in a lot of ways, when I look at myself and I analyze myself, I wonder, what am I good at? Yet there are people that are watching me, looking at me right now going, are you kidding me? You don't know what your gift is? I can tell you what your gift is. This is how the body operates. People around you know what you're good at. Oftentimes you don't know you. And I, I, I promise, I'm 38 years old, and I realize that I'm still lying to myself about parts of me that I, I don't like. I tell myself that I'm far better than that. And then I realize that I just said that. Um, there are so many things about me that I don't know that God is still dis- helping me discover. And, uh, and so what's in you will take a long time to learn. What you need to know, the mission of our church is to make disciples. We have four things that we try to do every week to accomplish that. As a church, we want to know God. Part of that is knowing the Holy Spirit. We want to find freedom. And that's going to be something that we lean into for the next 10 minutes. We want to discover purpose. That's going to be the outcome of this service series. What is my gift? Man, it's the void inside people's life. What am I missing? What am I? I want to do something. I don't know what to do. This is it. Do this. Um, and the fourth thing is that we want to make a difference. And we'll spend the rest of our lives saying, I want to, ma- I want to make a bigger difference. I want to make a-. And so all these four things, knowing God, I've, I've not arrived there yet. There's an ocean of God that I've, there's a universe of God that I've yet to explore. Uh, I've still yet to fully discover freedom in my life. But I am discovering it. I've yet to discover all the spiritual gifts in my life. And I've yet to really make a difference that I, that I dream of. And I think that we're all there. And this is where God... So today we want to talk about finding freedom in light of spiritual gifts. There's four things that I, I think prevent us. There's, all of you may be in a different situation right now. But I, when I prayed about it this morning at 3 a.m., um, these are the, three thing, the four things that God uh, spat at me. Um, you may be in any one of these reasons. One of the reasons why people um, aren't operating in their spiritual gifts is they don't know them. One of the reasons why people aren't operating in their spiritual gift is because they were hurt by people in their spiritual gifts. Yeah. 
I'm going to come back to that. The third one is uh, a reason, one of the reasons why people don't uh, operate in spiritual gifts is because they don't like other people's gifts. I'm telling you, it's happening right now in the church. Um, and uh, there, so I, I literally get emails. People want me to do more teachings. Or we need more prophecy in the church, Pastor. Or we need more worship in the church. Or we need more people serving or doing outreach. You know why you want to see that happen more? Because that's your calling. Don't be mad at me for living in mine when you're not doing yours. Listen, the body needs each other. And the reality is you need me to be me, not somebody else. I can't be the guy down the street. And I need you to be you. The fourth thing, the reason why people aren't operating in their gifts is because they're not attached to the body of Christ. Here's what I mean. You could be super gifted in wise teaching and understand all of the scriptures, but that is meaningless if you can't actually teach somebody. And you're not going to teach anyone the scriptures if you're not in the body of Christ. You can share the scriptures, but you're not teaching them because you don't have students. Do you understand? So all the wisdom and knowledge of scripture is meaningless if you don't have pupils. Because the teacher teaches, they don't share. We have to be attached to the body in order for the gifts to work because the, the purpose of all of the gifts were designed not for the world, but for the church. And so we need the, and here's one of the things you need to know. Uh, I probably don't ever compliment you guys nearly as much as we should, but this is one of the things that we do really well as a church is that we do see the gifts in the body of Christ operating at, a, at an awesome rate, but not good enough. Someone said once, like, uh, I heard someone say, this is one of my pet peeves. Oh, you're going to start another church? Man, do we need really need another church in Lakeland? Yes. In fact, we need a lot more churches. There's still people going to hell in this town, so we need a lot more churches. Um, and so, and, and the problem is, is that we have a lot of churches with people that still aren't using their gifts in the church that they go to. So maybe if we start another one, they'll go to that one and they'll use their gifts. I don't care, but we have to activate the body of Christ to do what God's calling us to do. We need people to serve, people to teach, people to preach, people to do outreach, people to prophesy, people to, like, we need all of these things. We need people with faith, people that... People that will help, people that will serve, people that will kind, people that will grace. There are 16 different spiritual gifts. What's yours? I can't talk about the county down the street. And so I know that there are a lot of people watching right now from other states and some other countries, which is really weird. I can't believe that this is happening. Um, <laughs> But I, 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 let me just prophesy about Lakeland. So there's some people that, that moved to Lakeland just recently from another state, and we welcome you. We welcome you to our church. Thank you for being here. I can't speak for anyone else, but I can tell you about this town and the problems that people are struggling with in this city. Many people have been hurt by moves of God, and so they don't want to have anything to do with it. And I rebuke that whole mindset because it's, I'm sorry that you've been hurt, but what you need to understand is that people that move in their giftings, they can still do it wrong and it hurt you. People that can have accurate teachings, if they do it without the love of God, it comes off harsh and it hurts. Uh, the, the people that prophesy, they can prophesy truth. 
and say it wrong. Rachel's a worship leader. Believe it or not, she has sung out of key. I am grateful for those of you that are kind and say to me that I'm your favorite preacher. I'm, you haven't seen the YouTube yet, uh, obviously, right? But I, I'm grateful for those of you that, that think that. And here's one of the things I want you to understand. I'm operating in my gift right now. And I read 1 Peter this morning, and this is what it said. It rebuked me. And I'm doing my spiritual gift. He said, each of you has been given a gift of spiritual gifts and use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then you should speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Yeah, sign up for that job. Who wants to pretend that God is, like I'm not that accurate. You know what I'm talking about? And so I am, I'm begging you to read your own Bibles because what if I'm wrong? But I'm using my gift and it's scary. And when God calls you to do your gift, it's going to be scary. Even if it's just serving. But he's calling you to make a difference. All right, I got to read these scriptures and we'll try to move towards a close. This may be one of the longer services we've done in a long time. And uh, praise the Lord. Sorry, not sorry. Here we go. All right, so John 17, we're right back where we were, where we started, where Jesus is praying he's about to die. He knows literally tomorrow he's going to the cross. These are his last words, and even worse yet, these are his last prayers. I'm not praying for these disciples, but for all who will ever believe in me through their message. So he's praying for us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Jesus understands that the beauty of his strength and why he does what he does is because he's one with God. The beauty of the strength of the church is when we are actually one and we're moving together in harmony. When we're serving one another and we're saying, I'm all in, let's reach the lost. What can I do to contribute? This is when we are at our best. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Remember when we started reading Peter and we said that the world is coming to an end and we want to reach the world for Jesus. Jesus is saying, here's what, if they're one, the world will look at us and go, wow, that's a, that's a people who are happy, who are excited, and who are fulfilled doing the things that God's called them to do, and they're free. You know how many people that I've seen as a pastor in 20 years say that they can't do what God's calling them to do anymore because there's sin in their life? Oh, man. Listen, don't ever stop doing what God's calling you to do. Amen. The enemy would love nothing more than to tell you that you're not good enough to do what he's calling you to do. And the truth is you're not. You'll never be good enough. Right. You'll never not sin enough. You'll never, like, you'll never be holy enough. The enemy would love nothing more than to disqualify you from your calling. Look at Peter. Jesus looked at Peter and said, Satan, get behind me. And he's the leader of the church. 
I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you are in me. And may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. So I know we talked about like this gift that Jesus, or God gave Jesus us and he gave us to Jesus. But think about this for a second. If you decide to start using your spiritual gift, you can't make God love you more. God won't love you more tomorrow because you're more obedient. He loves you. And this is the thing that makes me want to use my gift is because he loves me. In fact, he loves me just as much as he loved Jesus, said Jesus. Which is why the scripture says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because for God so loved the world So we get into these funks where we feel like we're not good enough to do anything for God. And you don't understand, that's the very reason why he came. And that's the very reason why he's bringing you to Jesus. And And when you come to Jesus with your life, that's the very thing that tells the world how good God is. The fact that you can operate in your spiritual gift, in your brokenness, is a testimony to the world of God's goodness. So you're broken. And so is your pastor. And so was Jesus. I'm going to show it to you. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is like the the chapter of all of the spiritual gifts. And he's going to talk about the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. Here's what he says. The human body part has many parts, but many parts make up the whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, and some of us are Gentiles, and some are slaves, and some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. I'm well over time. And this is the part where people stop listening. Would y'all open your box real quick for me? Before we take communion today, um, I, I just want you to know, I'd like you, if you wouldn't mind, maybe consider taking this box home and thinking about this week, what is your gift? And what scares you about your gift? So we're going to lean into that next week. What scares you about the gifts? Um, What's keeping you from using your gifts? Does that make sense? Because if we're going to make a difference in this world, we have to use the gifts that Jesus gave us. This is probably one of the longer services we've done, and I knew that coming in. But um, I keep thinking today about people that get a sense that they're broken And what I know is that the body of Christ is broken, which is why some of you have seen prophecy done wrong, teaching done rude or harsh, or correction done wrong. Some of you have been um, canceled in ministry assignments. Some of you have been hurt by the church. But I got to tell you, um, it's out of that brokenness. Can you just listen to me for, for like one more second? It's out of the things that have been done wrong to you that actually 
make the body of Christ more beautiful. Here's what I mean. If we're the body of Christ and all of the body has different gifts, if the body of Christ is broken, that's when we look like Jesus. You know where Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the reason why he was talking about the body of Christ? Because he was talking about communion in chapter 11. So he said, we're the body and Jesus was broken and now we have to be broken. And so some of you are scared about some of these things that God's going to do in your life. And so you step back. But I'm calling you out of your boat and saying that God has a calling on your life. And he wants to do great things through you. And you got to. The church will never be the church without you. We need you. And I know you're scared and you're hurt and you've been done wrong. So is Jesus. And because of everything he's done for you, this is our gift back to him. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 would say that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he he took the cup and he blessed it and he gave thanks for it. And then he, he took the body. Would you take the body real quick? And he said, this is my body which has been broken for you. Would you do this in remembrance of me? And I just want to ask you, if there's any level of brokenness inside of you, hurt and baggage, that's the very thing that God wants to anoint to do something great for his kingdom. He said he'd use the wisdom to confound, the foolish to confound the wise. He, I mean, it's, I know some of you are scared of doing great things for God. Me too. I I get terrified every week before I come out. And I've done this literally thousands of times. This is my body, which was broken for you. And I'm so grateful, Jesus, that you love me. I'm so Jesus. I'm so grateful that you love me. There's no one that's ever loved me like you, Lord. There's no one that's ever been faithful to me like you. No parent, no sibling, no spouse, no partner, no significant other, no child. No one will love me the way that you have loved me. You have loved me in my brokenness. And you've chased me down in it. I thank you, Lord, that you love me. Teach me how to love you. Would you break the body and would you partake today? And then he said, he lifted up the cup and he said, I have a new promise. A new promise, I'll always be with you. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. It's the seal of your inheritance. It's being poured out across the earth for you. This is my blood. Poured out for you. What'd you partake? Long message. Would you give me a minute and a half and sing the song with me?
cool. So I said all that to say this here, guys. The hardest part of being a pastor is trying to get to a point where you earn people's trust. Don't trust me. Trust the Holy Spirit calling you. But I know one thing, that God is calling you to do great things. And he's calling you to be great for him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know freedom. He wants you to know purpose. He wants you to make a difference. I speak that over you today. I challenge you to lean into what scares you about your gift. This week, think about the fact that there are things inside of you that's got to come out. Man, I can't wait to talk about them. If you're not in a house church, uh, there's house churches meeting all across the town, and we're going to talk about uh, the love of God this week and the things that God wants to do in us. I pray over you that what's inside of you will flow through you, that the love of God, the love of God, the love of God that surpasses knowledge will flow through you. I love you guys. I'm thankful to be back with you today. Can't wait to see you. It's going to make a difference. Hey, buy some shoes for some kids. That'd be great. <laughs>